podcast for those who live on a steady diet of movie, theater, popcorn, and other delicious movie snacks. As always, I am your very best good movie buddy, Rick Williamson, and joining us today is a special guest good movie buddy, one of my closest friends. We're, we're coming to you not exactly live from her apartment in Denver, Colorado, Lindsay Friend. Lindsay, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me on. Thank you so much for opening up your apartment for me to sleep in. Yeah. Uh, it's appreciated. Um, so if the sound is, comes a little wonky this particular episode, it's because we don't have our normal setting. We don't have our soundproof or our sound dampening walls. We don't have the whole gear. It's literally me and Lindsay sitting on a couple of couches holding our microphones and, um, and talking about Aladdin 2019, which I think is appropriate, Lindsay, since you and I are pretty big Disney people, Disneylanders. Um, so uh, the first thing I wanted to do is, uh, you know, I find this whole thing with them, with Disney remaking their live action or their animated movies to be interesting. I, I, I like that they're doing that. Is this an, I'm not going, I'm not sticking 100% to the uh, outline. Sometimes I'm going to go rogue, Lindsay. That's okay. So you gotta, you He's gotta, throwing things at me. All you right. Gotta, you got to bob and weave with me. Okay. But how do you feel about it? How do you feel about, do you feel, because there's people on opposite sides of the coin, right? Some people are welcome, you know, welcoming of that sweet, sweet nostalgic sure. embrace. Sure. And other people are like, this is a soulless cash grab <laughs> bent on nostalgia. Right. And I, to be 100% honest, I think I'm more on sort of the latter side. Okay. I do kind of feel like it's a little bit of a cash grab um, in general, just with a bunch of the remakes that are coming out. Um, and especially, I think, with remaking a lot of these animated films, I mean, they're classics. I don't really think it's necessary that they need to be remade at all. Sure. But I'm not going to say I'm not going to go see them. Right. Well, I think we <laughs> but, can all agree regardless of whether we like them or not, that they're, they're cash grabs. I mean, mm -hmm. Disney's a business. They're in the business of grabbing cash, right? Right. But one of the things that I actually really like about these remakes is they give an opportunity to put on screen live action things that we maybe haven't seen before. Like, for example, Aladdin. You have mm -hmm. an almost entire cast of minority actors and actresses, Middle Eastern, Indian descent, so on and so forth, uh, that you don't get in in mainstream movies all the time. Um, sure. So and like for example, you have The Lion King coming out, which mm -hmm. is its own way. It exists to push to a technology forward, which I find really interesting. Is John Favreau who made The Jungle Book, and it's just like right. I want to I want to push this photo real technology as far as we can from like a I don't know like. It's like Elon Musk. I want to get into space for some bullshit reason, right? <laughs> John Favreau wants to make African animals look as realistic as possible for some some reason. Money, you know? money, <laughs> money is a big part of it. Um, so obviously, we have a history with Disney. We have yes. we have frequented the land. Quite we have a bit. yes. Uh, what's your favorite of your of the animated Disney films? Since they're all going to get remade, probably. You know, I, I think I'll have to go with Lion King. So that is one I am really looking forward to. Okay. One that's being remade. Because um, for me, that was that was really one I watched a ton sure. as a kid. And one I actually do remember actually going to the theater, seeing it, um, which I don't have a lot of those memories with the other ones. Um, so that one I think was most impactful for me. So I'm going to go with Lion King. Lion King's great. Um I mean, this is a massive film. I think it came out in 94. 
I'm not sure. Um, good answer. I mean, that's a good answer. Perfect. I think my, and for mine, I have a hard time wondering what my favorite is. I, <laughs> I can't believe I'm going to say this, but I think my actual favorite Disney animated film is the great is uh, not the Great Mouse Detective. That's another one with my uh, Rescuers Down Under. Mm-hmm. I love the Rescuers Down mm-hmm. Under, which is funny because when I was when I was watching it as a kid, I didn't realize it was a sequel. I didn't realize that there was a, a previous rescuer. I don't even think I realized that just now. So. Yeah, there is. <laughs> okay. there, is a, there is a previous movie called okay. The Rescuers. Where oh, it's yeah. The mm, same two okay. mice, except they're saving the girl from some psycho lady in like the bayou. And instead of uh, the lizard, mm-hmm. there's alligators and stuff like that. But I, I love The Rescuers Down Under. Although I, I severely doubt that is on their list to make live action. <laughs> you never know. That might be... <laughs> You'd never know. That might be something for Disney+. Plus, Right. Um, was Aladdin on the radar for you? Was it a big one for you? You know, it's... I would say it's definitely in the top 10. I, sure. I don't know if it'd be even in the top three. Um, you know, as far as, like, doing those Disney trips and having the Disney music, we always had Aladdin music. Part of that, I think the music is solid and, um, you know, very road trip sing-alongable um (laughs) but this wasn't one that i was like oh you know i have to make sure i'm there opening night even though we were uh (laughs) but you know it was i would say it's top 10 i would agree i mean i would agree with that as well it really was i don't want to say it wasn't really on the tail end but aladdin really came right in the middle of that golden Mm -hmm. age of disney where it was you know they did the rescuers they did robin hood and then Kind of the 80s kind of sucked a little. Um, and then 89, <laughs> The Little Mermaid happened. Mm-hmm. And then you had a couple, you had The Rescuers Down Under, but then it was Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin, mm-hmm. Lion King, Pocahontas, Hunchback of Notre Dame, Hercules, Mulan. And then I think the last of that, that, that golden age was, I would consider it to be Tarzan. Hmm. Because then after that, you had The Emperor's New Groove, Atlantis, which are very clearly different era. Right, right. Right? And so, I mean, get ready for your Pocahontas remake. That'll be really weird <laughs> if they try to do that, actually. That's not exactly a real-life tale that translates <laughs> no. very well. Um, okay, last question about yes. the, Disney, uh, the, the Disney history. Okay. Favorite Disney princess and or prince. Okay. Right off the top of the head, this isn't an animated princess, though. I'm going to say Shuri. From Black Panther. Okay, that's a, she counts. That is a, a okay, fantastic <laughs> loophole. You are correct. Thank you. What's your favorite animated Disney? Okay. Um. <laughs> Shuri. <laughs> okay. I see how this is gonna be. Okay, since we're on the theme of animated, um, I don't know. I uh, honestly, does the Little Mermaid count? Yeah. Does Ariel count? Yes. Okay. Because her dad's a king. King okay. Triton. Yes. Okay. I'm going to go with Ariel. I didn't know this um, at the time. Ariel's a good one, by the way. Excellent. Uh, I think has the best song out of all the princesses. The um, part of that world, my favorite. Yes. Like. Yeah. I'll sing that shit. I totally in my agree. Car, no problem. Because we just talked about the ballad thing. Right. We did. And and, and Ricky's a huge ballad. Well, we'll save that for later. We will. But. Um, man, I kind of want to talk about it right now, but no. <laughs> Um, what was I going to say? Oh, 
Favorite? What about Prince? You got any favorite Disney princes? Prince Eric. Prince Eric. Yes. So little see, yes. Okay. Okay. I can see that. Did you know that the technically the sisters from Frozen are not considered Disney princesses? I did not. I found this out uh, last week, and I was almost sure of it because I, I mean, you and me, Disney is mm-hmm. like we're like locked in. Mm-hmm. And someone said, "No, they're not because the one sister's a queen, and the other sister's not a princess." Like, oh, I guess not. But why wouldn't she be a princess? I guess I... I don't know. Okay. It's not official. Okay. <laughs> I didn't. I just looked up the list and they were off the list. Gotcha. Um, okay, good. So, I mean, obviously, you know, we grew up with the, with the animated films. We grew up with them on VHS and their big cushy type of yes. containers yes. that they were in. It wasn't um, good unless it was in a bulky container. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It was otherwise yes. it was bullshit. Yes. Um, did you now you I live on the, the movie news sites. right? Mm-hmm. Did you hear about when they were making this film? Did you hear? We, we won't spend too much time on this because otherwise I'll get on my pulpit. <laughs> but did you hear about any of the outrage that was happening when they were initially making this film? The online, the angry online outrage TM. I, I guess um, when I started he- hearing or reading it, it was more when the first trailer dropped. Okay. If that's what you're referring to. And sort of the first glimpses of seeing Will Smith as Genie. Yeah, that was right. Great. And, you know, I was I was kind of feeling the same. I was like, this honestly just looks like a blue Will Smith. Right. <laughs> like, I, I don't see a Genie. I just see a blue Will Smith. Like, I'm Smith. really interested to see how this is all going to play out and... As he mentioned, as everybody, I mean, Robin Williams' shoes are huge to fill. Yeah, so impossible. And I think, you know, that was kind of part of it as well. I agree. There was so, uh, just to, in, and not to mansplain it or anything, but when this was being made, um, there was a big outrage about a couple of things. Number one, there was rumors that they had cast a bunch of white extras and then made them seem Middle Eastern. I didn't catch any of that in this film, but I wasn't looking at the extras too hard. Um, the other quote-unquote thing that made created anger was when they cast uh billy magnuson magnuson as prince anders Mm. um and with and see this is the thing though is that everybody got so mad out of context they're like oh we're making this aladdin film that's supposed to you know be inclusive and include people of middle eastern and indian descent and oh we're gonna cast a white guy as some unnecessary prince Mm. i googled it several articles Really? That are just like, and again, seeing the film and seeing the role that this guy has, which is not large. Right. Played almost entirely for comedic relief. Right. Yeah. And was Frank, was a role in the original film. There was a, uh, a previous suitor for Aladdin who, or I'm sorry, for Jasmine who was like a totally different film. (laughs) Would have been a totally different film. film. But, um, yeah, I just I don't know, and, and since you you you're not into it that much, or I mean, I guess you kind of felt it a little bit with the genie thing. Mm-hmm. I just think it's so it's so fascinating now the way people formulate opinions and right. very very strong emotions right. with one piece of mm-hmm. the puzzle. Because I think you and I can both agree that it actually turned out not too bad. The whole Blue Will Smith thing. No, it didn't. I, yeah, I, I really it enjoyed not. it. Yeah. So that kind of leads us into talking about the movie itself. Now, okay. what we typically do, you've listened to the episode before. Yes. But, or you've listened to the podcast before. What we typically do is we do non-spoilers, and then we take a bit quick quick break, and then we go into spoilers. So with this film, I was 
it's hard not to do spoilers or non-spoilers because, again, you've all seen this movie. Everybody who's listening to this who hasn't seen Aladdin in 2019, you've already seen it. They animated the entire damn thing and released it back in 1992. Okay? <laughs> the same beats, the same plot points, almost all of the same music, mm-hmm. very, very little in terms of changes. Um, but we will talk about those changes because even though they are little to the story, I think they really do help flesh out the world and the characters and make them more three-dimensional. Um, so let's talk about what they copied and, and how they do what worked, what didn't work. Um, and the first thing I wanted to focus on is how you felt. And this is why I like having other people on this podcast, because I'm clearly a gigantic movie nerd. You are also a movie nerd, but we can both agree, like you don't scour the sites like I do and things like that. So how did you feel about how they copied over the general story? Uh, do you feel that it worked? So it was one of my biggest issues with Dumbo is I feel like they didn't really do a good job of taking animated elements and making them live action. Mm -hmm. Because in animated films, you can play things really big, really broad. Right. And that doesn't translate well to live action. Right. So how did you feel about, like, just the general story? Yeah, no, I think overall, I think they did a really good job of it. Um, I think, you know, it was still, it it was a lot of fun. You know, there are still some animals in the movie that like with the animated side and not giving away too many spoilers like how do we kind of translate those like human to animal relationships that were in the animated film versus like the live action one without like kind of taking people out of the story like how Um, do you have a talking parrot right but at the same time (laughs) there's a flying rug so you know (laughs) so it's like there are some magical you know Mm -hmm. elements to it Mm -hmm. but at the same time it has to be grounded in some realism um, so I think they did a really good job of that, of sort of balancing that, sure. I would say. Um, and so, yeah, I think overall, you know, it really worked and, you know, we can cover this a little bit later in the spoiler part of it, but I do think it did kind of take a little bit of time to get going and sure. kind of like immerse us in that. Sure. Um, so yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think that, uh, especially because I was not a gigantic fan of Dumbo that came out earlier. Um, I didn't think it translated very well. And I didn't think there was enough story to carry an entire film. Uh, with this, I really, I, I was pleasantly surprised. I don't think that I was as um, down about it mm-hmm. as maybe you are, or certainly not as much as people online. <laughs> right. I, I, but I was like, whatever, you know, I'll go see it. It's Disney. Right. It's Aladdin. I like Will Smith. Right. Uh, I'm in, I'm in, it's spectacle. It's mm-hmm. all this kind of stuff. I want to see how they translate this stuff. So I, so I was in on it, and, and, and I thought they did a really good job. I thought yeah. in terms of the fleshing out of everything, the characters, the city, everything, yeah. they made really good choices. Like, they didn't try to replicate everything. Case in point, and again, this is where it gets a little murky with the spoilers, non-spoilers, but a whole new world. Mm-hmm. In the cartoon, they go to fucking Rome and <laughs> right. like like they go they literally go thousands of miles right. in, one, in song. one night. Right, they don't do that here. It, right, it's it's very much still we're in a real world. Right, you know, and I like that. Mm-hmm. And I thought Guy Ritchie as the director. Guy Ritchie directed Snatch, Lock, Sock, Two Smoking Barrels. He did. Um, <laughs> he did. Um, fortunately, unfortunately, he did King Arthur. Um, the one that did not make any money, uh, which I actually kind of, I'm not, uh, I kind of liked it. Um, and he directed the Sherlock Holmes movies. Mm-hmm. 
did you get a little bit because you've seen a lot of those movies you've seen yeah. Sherlock Holmes movies and stuff mm-hmm. like that did you get the same vibe from some of it and some of the action sequences and whatnot did you feel like after listing off all those movies do you feel a connection I do and I know we kind of talked a little bit about that offline um and seeing sort of the the editing choices and yeah. during the um action sequences you definitely can see sort of his influences in in this movie for sure. Oh yeah, definitely there. And we'll get into it more again. This is the, it's the details that are really the mm-hmm. spoilers, you know, but you can kind of tell in the action sequences, even in the musical sequences, that's where Guy Ritchie really gets an opportunity to do his thing. Mm-hmm. Um, more and it's more spectacle guy Ritchie and it's less lock stock two smoking barrels guy Ritchie which is fast dialogue quick cuts stuff like that really don't get that guy Ritchie mm-hmm. you get more of the guy Ritchie from King Arthur that was like let's put 50 foot elephants in this right. movie for no damn reason right. um, I could do a you whole get podcast Dis- you get Disney guy Ritchie just on that yeah <laughs> um, now we talked about the dialogue this this film as a cartoon uh, there it's very broad and there are a lot of times in this film where they copy verbatim mm-hmm. the dialogue. Sometimes mm-hmm. they change it up. More often than not, they're going to fill in new stuff. Even the songs have different lyrics, different verses, stuff like that, because some of them were not exactly culturally friendly back in 1992. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Um, but how did you feel about the dialogue from, from start to finish? I think we, we both had talked about how it really takes a little while to get going. It does. And I'm going to be, you know, totally honest here. Like at the beginning of the film, I, I was a little skeptical, like probably for the first 10 or 15 minutes. I was like, this, this might be a little bit too cheesy for my taste, um, before it really started getting going. And I, and I think a big part of that was the dialogue. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just hard to the whole, do you trust me? The whole, I mean, we're talking about, and again, maybe it's because we're cynical, 30 something right watching it as an eight-year-old and watching it as a 33 year old very different where it's like oh we're (laughs) coming in to find a husband right (laughs) and oh these people they love each other and you and i'm sitting here like they literally just met what's happening (laughs) right (laughs) why are they why are they making goo goo eyes why are they oh i mean even when he's sitting there singing street rat like it's just like man right but you gotta buy into the musical aspect of it hundred percent. And that's a big, big part of this that I think like the Jungle Book was different in that the Jungle Book didn't really do the musical sequences. They did a little bit of Bare Necessities and then they did more of the musical songs during the credits. Hmm. But they pretty much played it straight up. So I'm actually really interested to see what he does with The Lion King because this fully embraces the musical side right, of it. Right, right. Full-blown musical sequences and whatnot. Um, so yeah, the dialogue, not the greatest. It's very Disney movie PG, you know, mm-hmm. playing to the to the young audience, right? I actually thought, and I think, I'm trying to think of all the musical sequences. There's the opening one, the Arabian Nights. Not a great look for Will Smith. That first that first song didn't really do him a lot of favors. You would agree? I would. Yes, I would agree with that. <laughs> That's a tough song. And then one jump, and one jump was really. It was good, but there was something off about it. There was a moment, and I think you saw it too. Mm-hmm. Let, me, let, me, let me correct me if I'm wrong, where he's running and it feels like it's slow motion, yes. but he's singing in real time. Yes. And I was just like, that's some Guy Ritchie shit. Mm-hmm. It's distracting. It is. It was distracting. Yeah. But what did you say? I think we both agreed that 
once a, once Will Smith shows up and does a friend like me, it really business it, picks up. Yeah, it does. It does. It really kind of starts selling you on the entire story and which is funny to me because watching going kind of going back to the criticisms that we discussed earlier with the trailer and just seeing a blue Will Smith and being like, is this the part of the movie that's going to kind of take me out of it? Kind right. of, I don't say ruin the movie for me, but I would have to agree. I mean, once Will Smith shows up, it almost, I mean, that's what made it for me. Yeah. It right. And p- it, it picked up, as you said, and just all of it. I was in at that point. It connected the world. Yes. And it really brought the world. Okay. We are purely in fantasy right now because beforehand it's okay. We got these people singing in Agrabah. It's okay. It's still a little weird, but then Will Smith shows up and now we're full blown fantasy. Yeah. And, and we're having fun. And the special effects, going back to what you were talking about before, I thought they did a really good job of realizing the magic carpet, realizing Abu, realizing Iagu, and Will Smith as the genie. Right. Like, I thought they did a really good job of that. I thought the special effects held up and bringing those digital totally elements agree. to life. Yes. Um, did you have anyone that was, like, if you, like, out of all of those fantastical elements, was there something that was your particular favorite? Without getting too that's, spoilery. That's a really good question. Um, you know, I, I think because of sort of the Robin Williams comparison, I think people were really sort of nervous on how that first song was going to be right in the cave and yeah. um, how that was going to look. One, translating from the animated and also just having a new genie. I really enjoyed that entire sequence. I did too. Yeah. They really let Will Smith... Be Will Smith. Will Smith, exactly. Be G- like this is right. This isn't like oh, I'm gonna try and do a version of what Robin Williams already yeah. did. No, I think it's 100 percent Will Smith. This and he is really shines. Movie star Will Smith. Yes. This isn't. I'm trying to get an Oscar. Will Smith. This is. I'm the most charming guy in yes. the room. Will Smith. It's Independence Day. Will Smith. It's Men in Black. Will Smith. <laughs> it's Young Willie coming back and just being cool as shit as the genie, and he does. He brings a completely different attitude to it. Mm-hmm. It's certainly less madcap. He's definitely more of a smartass. Um, but it really works. And it's and I find that really fascinating that the one thing, at least to us, you know, it's it's gotten mixed reviews. I think it's around 60, 60% on Rotten Tomatoes. I think a big part of that is because people don't feel the necessity for it, which is hard to argue. Right. It's hard to argue that this film is necessary. I think the biggest thing that you can argue is that this makes a, this is a massively budgeted film released by Disney worldwide that gives people who are of Middle Eastern descent, who are of Indian descent, a, a movie they can watch and be like, I relate, I relate to these characters. You know, representation matters. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's something that is important. Yeah, sure, this is not necessary. Sure, we've seen this movie over and over again. But point out another mainstream movie that has this type of diverse cast, you know, you have African-American Will Smith, biggest African-American star in the world, arguably playing the genie. And you have all of these different, you know, various other cast members. And I thought that they did a really good, that was the other thing I think is a really strong point in this film is the casting. I think that once we get over that hurdle and once the movie gets momentum, I find the cast to be, immensely charming uh yes. you liked aladdin a lot played by Mina i Masao. did i did why'd you like him so much like you said he was charming you when he was on screen i couldn't help but smile like he is just he he's endearing and in, in the role and yeah for for a guy that 
has literally like he was in Jack Ryan on Amazon. He's been in a little little you know stuff here and there. You know, he's been working for the better part of you know 9 years, 8 years, 9 mm-hmm. years or so. He is a thousand percent committed to yes. everything physically, the the songs, mm-hmm. everything. And I was surprised by I was surprised by a lot of this mm-hmm. movie. I was surprised by that. I thought that they absolutely nailed the casting of Aladdin. Uh, I think overall they nailed the casting. Um, Naomi Scott is Jasmine. Your, let me, what are your thoughts? Elaborate a little bit. How'd you, what do you think about her? You know, I thought she was good. Yeah. I did think she was good. Um, you know, I don't know if I would use the word charming for her. Okay. But um, I think she was good in that role. Definitely. Um I know that you you liked her a lot. She's on the list. She's now. on the list now. So. Congratulations, Naomi Scott. <laughs> I would agree though. I would agree though that I don't think her care I don't think Jasmine is supposed to be charming in this film. In in this film and and that's something that we're we'll we'll wrap this up and we'll give our ratings and whatnot. But in this film they give Jasmine a different angle. Uh, mm-hmm. Just like they give Jafar a different angle. They give everybody a slightly different angle. Yeah, absolutely. And it really winds up working. Mm-hmm. I, I would argue that the times in which this movie is maybe at its at its least is when it is trying to copy exactly what the original did. Mm-hmm. And I think every time that it kind of explores new avenues, mm-hmm. that it it kind of wakes up a little. Yeah. Um, what do you think of Jafar? I his so here, so here's a question for you, and you can fill us in okay. on some of the okay. some of the online candor there. The, my biggest worry when I watched the trailer was Jafar, because when you see a Disney movie and you see a Disney villain, you have a particular idea of what that's supposed to be, especially right. Jafar. So when I watched the trailer, and the guy is like. I can make you rich. <laughs> right. I'm like, what the hell is happening? Why is his right. voice so high? And he's about 20 years younger than why I would I would assume the animated one is, right? Why is he <laughs> attractive? You found out a yeah. little bit of information on yeah. that. Tell me about that. The internet, man. Tell me about the, thirst, the internet. The thirst is real for Jafar. I'm, that's all I have to say about that. For There's Marwan a lot of Kanzari. thirst tweets out there. Yes. Yeah, I didn't have those particular feelings. Um, I just <laughs> necessarily he's not a bad looking guy by any means, no. but the thirst is real. The thirst is real. Wow. <laughs> I mean, we live in a world where people were thirsting after venom, <laughs> which I should I did really not know that. I really should expose you. I wish I didn't know I that. I really now. should expose you to the venom thirst because it'll <laughs> fuck you up. <laughs> Oh <laughs> uh, no, thank you. It is <laughs> Y'all yeah, but on the, the internet yes. as we brought as we put this out on the internet, yes. I just gotta tell you, overall <laughs> on the internet, y'all are nasty. Uh, Disgusting. I well just up, know there's other people out there like you. If you have a thirst, there's other people. Listen, That's all I have to say like, about that. There's just people like different you, oh, yes. There's always gonna be other people that feel the same way Far as you. Far be it from us to judge. <laughs> What you what you uh, want? I actually wound up liking him again. I thought they I gave too. him an angle that worked. They really, I think they did a better, they did a good job um, of sort of fleshing out his character a little mm-hmm. bit more and his motivations, which, you know, I haven't watched the old one in a while. I I missed the opportunity to watch it before right. we watched this new one, um, but I don't really remember a whole lot of 
backstory. I mean, you can yeah, correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, I mean, it's just it he's wants power. I want to be salt. Right, and that's it. Yeah. Um, but I kind of like that they touched on his insecurities and always being number two and sort of, you know, yeah. all that. I thought that was really interesting and sort of, yeah, like you said, you know, flesh out his evilness. It did. It, it gave him <laughs> motivation. I mean, some the best villains are the ones that have a clear motivation or are the ones who think that they are absolutely right. Right. Uh, those are the best ones. And here, Jafar had a clear motivation. Was he the best villain? No. I still think out of the live-action villains, I still think Gaston was pretty great in the Beauty and the Beast one. That's interesting. I love Because him. I... Well, the thing with Gaston is I don't really see him as a... as a, like, a true villain. Interesting. <laughs> okay. I mean... Let's unpack that. Okay. For just, we're going to go off on a tangent here. I have to know that. I have to know about that. I mean, okay, you go first. I mean, he's a villain. Like, he's a... He's a mis- but, but why? But why? Okay. He's a mis- in the cartoon or in the live action? Or maybe in, in the cartoon. He's, number one, he's a misogynist asshole. Well, yes. Number well, two... Well, yes, but okay. So, n- yes, there are clear, like, shitty things about his character. Okay. But he's not, like, trying... Well, I shouldn't say that. I guess he was trying to murder the, <laughs> the beast. He was. But he's just, like, an egotistical guy. Is who there... thinks he deserves the girl, which yeah, is really shitty. But I don't see him as like a Jafar. Interesting. Or like, is it because interesting? Is it <laughs> is it because of his of the scope of his desires? Right. That could be. Like Gaston's. That could be. Gaston's desire is pretty simple. Bell. Right. I want Bell. You're a dirty, nasty, ugly beast. I want Bell. Right. That makes sense. Not I want to run the world. Right. Interesting. That could be why. I mean, like I said, he's. He's definitely not a great person. We got some hot takes here. <laughs> He's definitely, you know, pretty shitty. But yeah. um, I, like I said, garbage. I wouldn't put him in the same category as a lot of these other Disney villains. So let so let's line this up real quick. Okay. Let's pick our favorite live action hot Disney take. villain. Hot okay. takes. <laughs> All right. So I'm going from I'm 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 going deep. Okay. We got Cruella Deville, 101, 102 Dalmatians. Glenn Close. Oh yeah, she's terrible. We have. The Red Queen, Queen of Hearts, and that both Alice in Wonderland movies. We have Kate okay. um, Blanchett playing the stepmom from Cinderella, the evil stepmom, Lady Tremaine. Mm-hmm. We have technically Maleficent, but that was that. That's a weird one where Disney it, it, Disney didn't decide to remake it perfectly. They decided to be like. Oh, you think she's the villain? Well, now you know the true story, like uh, an, a revisionist history. Right, right. So she wasn't really the villain in that movie. Maleficent wasn't. It was that shitty king. But we'll put her on the list anyways. Angelina Jolie is Maleficent. Jungle Book had Shere Khan, pretty great. Uh, Beauty and the Beast had what's his name, Gaston, and then Dumbo had weird overacting ass Michael Keaton. They had to make up a villain. Gotcha. Um, and then uh, this. Right. And so I still think Gaston is my, my <laughs> best out of that. That's a good list. Like, they're that all good a, performances. Yeah. But Gaston's, in my opinion, Gaston's musical sequence in the new Beauty and the Beast is the best part of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe that's why I like him. I don't know. Maybe I just like Gaston. Maybe I want to yeah, be Gaston. Yeah, I mean, I think he's more, I mean, he's more human than a lot of the, a lot of these other villains tend to be like kind of otherworldly, sort of, sort of like, 
Larger than life. Larger than life. Exactly. Right. Like, he's just kind of this pompous ass. Interesting. Right? Who's misogynist, misogynist asshole. Yeah. Ass, I mean, yeah. Has Bell's father committed? As does... On the, on As the, you're listing these things, I'm starting to kind of I mean, rethink, let's rethink remember, what I said. I, I do not... I don't <laughs> yeah, want you to be I take on it here back. I take it back. He's saying, terrible. like, I don't think Gaston is a real villain. <laughs> so I feel like that is a hot take you can't walk back from. I'm walking it back. Um... He certainly has smaller ambitions. Right. He doesn't want to run France. He just wants a cozy life where I can go out and hunt and you can rub my feet. <laughs> okay, we need to get back to Aladdin. <laughs> Let's get back to Aladdin with our popcorn ratings. Now, okay. with our popcorn ratings, uh, if, if nobody's ever listened before, we have five popcorn ratings. Uh, we have burnt popcorn, which is, this movie is garbage. Don't waste your time, no matter what, no matter if it's free. Find something else. Okay. We have stale popcorn, which is like, eh. If it's free, if it's streaming and you have nothing else, fine, but it's not great. We have um, movie, or no, we have microwave popcorn, which is like middle of the road. Your mileage may vary. If, if, you, if you're into this particular stuff, you'll probably like it. If you're not, save it. Um, then we have movie theater popcorn, which is, hey, you should, you should probably see this in a movie theater. Maybe not, as, maybe not as soon as possible, but whenever. And then we have perfect popcorn, which is go out, see this in the biggest theater possible ever. And we've started instituting the, the soda okay, as a half of a popcorn, as a halfway point. Because there's been quite a few movies where we didn't think there was they were as bad as microwave popcorn, but they didn't deserve movie theater popcorn. So we say microwave popcorn and a Coke or microwave popcorn and a soda. So, Lindsay, based on those popcorns, what would you give – 2019's Aladdin. What is your popcorn rating? You know, I think I'm going to have to go with movie theater popcorn. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I kind of went into it with low to no expectations. Sure. Um, and it actually, I actually really en enjoyed it. And I'll, you know, if somebody asked me what I thought, I would say definitely go see it. Yeah. So I'm going to go with, yeah, movie theater with popcorn. Movie theater popcorn. Mm -hmm. I would agree. I, I think this movie really is benefiting or going to benefit for those low expectations, which I don't know why you bet against Disney. Like, not you and not me, but just, like, the, right. the people at large. Right. Like, how can you bet against Disney right. at this point in time? Right. It's it's tough. It's tough to do. It not is. every movie is going to make $300 million, right. but that doesn't make it a failure. Right. You know? I mean, Endgame is racking up, you know, it's close to $3 billion. I think they don't really care if Dumbo only makes one twenty. You know, um, but I agree with you. I, I would I would put this at movie theater popcorn as well. I think it's really fun. I think it's fun for the whole family. I think it's a great way to spend a couple of hours in a cool, dark theater. I think the songs are pretty good and the songs do pick things up a little bit. Um, and I really like the performances. I was just charmed. I was charmed by everybody. You know, once Will Smith shows up, everybody it feels like everybody steps up their game in a way that uh, really helps this film. So we got two movie theater popcorns, and now we get to talk about spoilers. But before we do that, Ooh. before we do that, we're going to take a quick little ad break. What is up, good movie buddies? Before we continue, I want to remind everybody that you can get regular episodes of The Popcorn Diet delivered to you on your smart device for free just by hitting subscribe 
or following us wherever you're listening to. So we really appreciate it. Take a few seconds out of your day. Give us a rating. Give us five stars. Write us a review. Share us with your friends, with your family. I also want to remind you to check us out on Patreon by going to patreon.com slash the popcorn diet and consider maybe becoming a patron of the podcast, giving us a few bucks to help us make the podcast better, improve the podcast, do more episodes, things like that. Not only is it going to help us improve, but it's also going to give you access to exclusive patron only episodes like our franchise refills, like episode uh, ad free episodes. All of those are available by going to patreon.com slash the popcorn diet. Of course, we don't want you to forget that you can follow us on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram at the popcorn diet. And last but certainly not least, you can find all of our latest regular episodes, our articles, our reviews, and more on our website, popcorndietpodcast.com. But now we get to talk about spoilers, Lindsay. This is my favorite part because we've we've kind of tiptoe around this, right? Right. We're we're two people who have seen this movie, mm-hmm. and yet we we some you got to tiptoe around this. So let's talk about. I mean, you talked about some of your favorite parts already. Spoiler, spoiler having the the bonds of 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 spoilers lifted. Yes. What's your like favorite part? Just going into it, like what you like the most? You know, I actually really liked how they ended it. Okay. Okay. I'm going to say like the changes from the animated original to this one um, and specifically how um, Aladdin's third wish is to free Genie, Genie. right? So um, now the spoiler ban is lifted. At the end of the movie, um, when Aladdin does use his final wish to free him, he's not a free Genie. Right. He is now a human. human. Yep. And then... um, yeah, so I think that as far as like the changes from the animated to um, the live action, I think that was my favorite part, to be I, honest. And I, I got I to live this life with this woman he loves, and it ties back into the beginning of the movie, and you find out that him on this boat is actually he's telling his own story. Right. To his kids. To his kids. With his wife there right. and all that. I really like that too. I was actually touched. I got a little I got I'm not gonna lie, I got I felt like the theater got a little dusty mm-hmm. when Will Smith Really knocked it out of the park when he's like, you when he realizes he did it, and he's just like, no, 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 wait a minute, and then he's asking me for something. It's like, oh, give me some jams. He's like, get your own jams. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I, I love that. Um, yes, I love that. That's that, that a great part of the film. Um, I actually like both of Will Smith's musical sequences. I love Jasmine's song, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Uh, but I think my favorite part of the movie, man, that's a tough one. I think it might be friend by me, like or friend like me. I thought that they it's did a great part. Mm-hmm. I thought that they. I mean, that is that's a showstopper. Mm-hmm. That's the showstopper, right? And I think that they did a perfect job of remixing it to fit Will Smith's strengths. They let they let him beatbox. Yes. They let they let him put his own spin on it, and it really works. Mm-hmm. Uh, it uses a lot of the same old gags and a lot of the same. Um, lyrics and whatnot but when it was like him and aladdin like just dancing i'm like all right I'm, yes I'm into yes this. yeah I, I was really really into this yeah um so let's let's kind of let's elaborate on that a little bit more okay. with with the new stuff okay because there's a lot of new stuff yes and i think the biggest one is that they fit will smith's style mm-hmm. where obviously robin williams is robin williams hyperactive um you know, exaggerated, does impressions, impersonations, things like that. And with this, the genie is much more like, I'm cool, I'm the best, I can do whatever I want. 
right. kind of thing. Right. Very Will Smith. And I again, I thought it worked really, really well. I thought him bringing his Will Smith into it really made it his own. And I was a big fan of that. Also, I liked how they changed. Like, we talked about the different subtleties that they added to the characters. So you expand on Jafar a little bit because you were talking about Jafar and his, um, what's the word? Insecurities. Right. I mean, they sort of flesh out his, you know, always feeling like he's number two. And like, I, I just kind of really enjoyed that because I think it made everything that came along later so much more impactful. Sure. Um, and made him actually a little bit like scarier, you know, like he's becoming unhinged and now he's someone who's unhinged who has, um, power. So very similar to the animated movie, he wishes to become a powerful sorcerer. Um, and like in those moments you're like shit like <laughs> this yeah. is this is scary yeah. this is someone who is unhinged he's angry and now he has all these powers right so i think um kind of fleshing out his character a little bit more made those moments a lot more impactful making him being able to relate to aladdin was really smart by saying like i came from where you are like i came from right nothing. and i and i lived and i worked hard to become the number two guy and it's not enough Right. And, and actually kind of speaking back on that, I, I liked how they showed his sort of, um, background in being also a petty thief. Right. Right. And a sleight of hand and how that, that sort of, um, came back later in the movie. I don't remember how he does it in the original, maybe the same way. Maybe he pretends he's a beggar or whatever, but in this to get the lamp back, like he's been arrested, arrest Jafar, he escapes. And then Aladdin's walking through the village and he bumps into him and does pulls an Aladdin on him. Mm-hmm. Sleight of hand lifts him of the lamp right there. And it is, it's a great callback to like his past, his mm-hmm. history, who he was. Yeah. Love that. Yeah. I really love what they did with Jasmine and Dahlia. Yes. Uh, her. So, uh, Nassim Pedrad plays Dahlia, who is Jasmine's handmaiden, but who also serves as a love interest for the genie. Right. A new character. Brand new character, which is funny. If you say that out loud, that sounds shitty, mm-hmm. right? Oh, she's a love interest for the genie. Like, the fuck? What are we talking about, love interest for the genie? But I'll be damned if it doesn't work. Right. Like, she's super funny. She allows for somebody... Um, she allows for Jasmine to play off of somebody mm. rather than just talk to her, talk to Raja, her big tiger, who was also really wonderfully realized as well. Right. And she's funny. She's really funny. The bits with her and Will Smith when Will Smith is in his human form, again, really charming. Mm -hmm. Just like really cutesy, but not in that way that you were worried it was going to be. Right. Um, I loved her. And I loved how it it turned up at the end that she was um, on the boat with the genie and she was the mom. Um, I... what did you think? Uh, well, no, we'll save Jasmine for the end because I did want to mention Hakeem as well. So in the original animated film, there's just Razul, who's the chief guard, and he's a dick. In this, the chief guard is named Hakeem, and there's a moment, and, and he's the chief guard. He's a dick, right? But there's a moment when Jafar becomes sultan when he's, I want to be sultan, turns him sultan. And Hakeem has his loyalties tested because Hakeem is loyal to the Sultan. He's loyal to the law and loyal to who's in charge. And Jasmine does this whole song, fantasy song. 
and then turns around and like calls out to Hakeem and being like, you've been loyal. You've been, you know, a a loyal man knows when to, you know, long story short, knows when to break the rules for what is right, Mm -hmm. you know, and he does. He -hmm. turns, he goes back and he's like, my sultan, I'm sorry. That those little things really add up and really make it more realized. I really like that. Um, did you like those? You, were you into that kind of stuff? I did. I like that they fleshed out a little bit more of these side characters. And, you know, coming right off of, like, Game of Thrones had, like, kind of that moment, right? Oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> the Kingsguard. Yeah. And, you know, kind of had sort of that for me and going, okay. You know, and I, I liked that they did have that moment. Yeah. Because you think about those people in those movies when all of a sudden, okay, he's Sultan. Now, all these people who have been loyal to this family, you know, what's going on with that? What's going so, on with them? Yeah. And that's what makes – that's why I think this is a better – a more successful translation than Dumbo was because Dumbo didn't make any effort to, in my opinion, give these give their characters any depth. Mm-hmm. I think Danny DeVito might have been the best one of that movie. Did you see Dumbo? I did not. So Dumbo, basically the bad guy, Michael Keaton, plays this like – he's basically evil Walt Disney. He's like evil industrial in, invention guy. And he's so cartoonishly evil – that he's trying to stop Dumbo from escaping his theme park, and he's up at the control booth just throwing switches, and everyone around him is like, stop, don't, you're going to set it on fire, you're going to blow the grid, and he's just mad, like, we got to stop it. It just doesn't, it's too much. There's no nuance there, Mike, you know? But with here, the, the characters are given that that depth, and I think it really translates well. Now, feel like we've been tiptoeing around this. I feel, feel like I'm a bigger Jasmine fan than you are. Yes. I would like to know why. Is you it know, just I, because I find her attractive? No. no I'm just trying to be in opposition to you. <laughs> no, not at all. And not to say that I don't. I did enjoy her. At all. You know, I did. Sure. I did. I um, I just, I happened, I was drawn a lot more to Aladdin. I mean. I mean. It is his movie. I get it. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, there, there wasn't anything. I mean, she was a very strong actress. Um, I thought she did a great job and I thought that she did have chemistry with Aladdin. You know, I think that that came off the screen. So it's not just to be an opposition. No, no, not, that's not what I meant. I mean, kind of, it's kind of what I meant, but I thought more of, uh, they gave her additional depth in that. They did. She's doesn't just like in the original film, she needs to get married because I don't remember reasons because you need to have a marriage between kingdoms to solidify the 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 relationship between those yes. kingdoms, blah blah blah. In this movie, she wants to be sultan, right? And I did like how they went further with that. They I, did I, a lot. They of, did because they a lot it, of hashtag me too, they, a lot of hashtag you know, times up. Yeah, and I, I appreciated that because in the original one, it was like you know same beginning of the movie where you know she's out in the market because right. she's kind of locked away in her castle. Tough. Yeah. So like tough, tough life. <laughs> But, um, you know, it's like, well, why why is she seeking this freedom? You know, oh, because she's a strong female. And I feel like in this movie, it really kind of goes into that a little bit more. Like, here's the things that she actually does want to change. And, you know, she wants to step up and do this. And she can. And you, you remember know? why? And they gave her a reason why she's locked up in the castle. Right. Exactly. Because her, her mother. Her mother was killed. Her mother was murdered. So. That's. that's Also, that was great. So sort of one line to explain it. But it, it gave it a little bit more depth. Somebody thought about it. Right. Right. And there are moments in this film and they don't feel too political because they, I feel like they fit. And I don't know if this is just me as an ignorant white guy, but I feel like they fit. Like if we are in back in 
Arabia, quote unquote, you know, if we are back in that area in that time, like the whole, uh, you know, you know, speak when spoken to a woman needs to know her place fits with that area in that time. Right. And that you get a lot of that. Like Jafar wants to be Sultan. Jasmine wants to be Sultan. Right. Uh, and Jafar, there's a lot of that shit with Jafar where it's just like, you need to shut up. Right. Like, right. You're you know, a woman. Like, yeah, exactly. Right. And the, her whole, that's the whole basis of her song, which is called speechless. And it's like a couple of parts, like just like how there's a reprise of, of, of one jump ahead. I love this song, Lindsay. I think this song is a freaking banger. I'm into it. This is the power ballad song, but I think more so than any of the other ones, with the exception of Will Smith and Friend Like Me, she is giving it her all in that one. Like, that is clearly the most emotionally charged song. And she crushes it. And I loved it. I was a big fan of it. You not as not as much because no, but the, but it has nothing really to do. <laughs> and I explained this offline. <laughs> it's really <laughs> nothing to do with her character, that moment, or anything like that. Like I, I definitely see why you know it's important to the film, and I think sure. she did a really great job overall. I, I'm just not a big like ballad like it, you know in any of the Disney movies for some reason. I like a little bit more of the up tempo. Right. Songs. So and, the ballads I tend to sort of check out on. And that was her big moment. It took me a minute. Because her big moment is when Jafar's like, guards, take her out of here. Mm-hmm. And the guards are taking her out. And then suddenly, like, one of them disappears, like, poofs. Literally poofs. <laughs> yeah. And she's singing. And I'm like, the fuck is going on? But then as she's walking back, it's like she's frozen in time. Or, yeah. Or ever, time is frozen around yeah. her. And all of the guards and stuff, she's like making disappear, and she's singing about how she won't be speechless, she won't be silent. Right. And then when the song ends, she's back with the guards and turns around and makes her play plea to. Right. And I thought that was a really great moment. It did. It yeah. worked. Yeah. It took me a second. Yeah. I was no. Like, Why'd that guy go? Right. No. And I, I definitely agree. <laughs> that was a really powerful moment. Um, how did you feel about? Let's go back to Prince Anders. Okay. We 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 haven't really talked about Billy Magnuson. I love this guy. Did yeah. you see did you see Game Night? Yes. Okay, I was I was trying to figure out how I knew this he's guy. Okay, Night. okay. And I'm he's also going to be in the new James Bond movie. I don't know who he's going to be in the new James Bond movie. Hopefully a villain cuz I, I think he'd be great. Yeah. Cuz he does kind of have a psycho look to yeah. him. Yeah. But he is such a broad goofy comic really like he comes in he's Prince Anders from some bumfuck country. <laughs> And he talks all, he's dressed goofy. Yeah. And he talks, he he's talks like a Swedish guy. accent. Yeah. And I'm like, this is what people, like, this is what all these people who wrote their articles were mad about. Like this one this guy. choke okay. bit guy. Yeah. Who doesn't matter to the whole story. It's right. Like he's a comic relief. Right. Um, and he's fantastic in it. I want Bill, I want Billy Magnuson to get as much work as possible. Yeah. I mean, what's his total screen time? Three minutes. And yeah. like, you still remember him. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he's funny. He's, he's funny. That's that's a high. That's he doesn't a, even have to say anything, and he's just funny. That's he's a high goofy. shooting percentage. Yes, that's <laughs> like you play. You're playing five minutes. You you make six of eight shots. <laughs> right. Like that's that's a high percentage. Um, six man award right there. Six man award. <laughs> um, <laughs> how did you feel? So you talked about the ending. Yes. Right? Um, how did you feel about the final sort of action? Because they mixed. That is where I found there to be the biggest changes. Um, the first one was, again, I thought it. I thought it turned out really well. But when 
Jasmine and Aladdin hijack the lamp and go on a magic carpet chase, and Jafar turns Iago into this giant murder parrot. Yeah. Which was pretty rad. It was legit, yes. But it got Jasmine in on the action. Yeah. Um, I liked that a lot. I liked that a lot. It got everybody, it got all the characters in on the yes. action. Got a booing in the action. It was actually a really smart way and a really smartly designed action sequence to get maximum people involved. Mm-hmm. But how do you feel about this? There's no giant snake. I was kind of sad. Yeah, you know, it was actually kind of surprising because there's a couple moments in there that would have been really easy to fit that that in. Do you think it was because it was a PG movie and a giant snake would be more scary? I don't know. That's a great question. Because we we talk we've we've talked about this. The last few movies we've seen for the podcast have been PG movies. Okay. We did Dumbo. We did Pokemon. Mm-hmm. And we're kind of David, particularly, and I are having this conversation of. He thinks the PG, more often than not, and I don't want to put words in his mouth, but it's on the fucking podcast, so it's documented. Um, <laughs> David, listen up, what he's about to say. Listen up. <laughs> but more often than not, he thinks that the PG rating hinders the film in terms of enjoyability for an adult audience. Yeah. I, I wouldn't even disagree with that. I wouldn't. Um, but, but, al- th- but also, not to cut you off. No, no, of course. But also, like, bumping it up, I don't know if it's necessary. What do you get out of it? Right, right. Right. And I think this film did a good enough job with the PG rating. Like, it was intense. Yes. Like, there's, like, Jafar is intense at the end when he's, like, making people disappear and sending them down to the dungeons and shit. He doesn't do it in the same way he does it in the cartoon. He does it very magic where they just kind of disappear, right? But, again, the giant Iago was pretty intense. Yeah, and I mean, maybe that was just the reason, you know, to not do the snake. Maybe it was just, let's kind of change it up. Let's, let's make this a, a fresh take. Let's We're do gonna... giant evil Iago. We'll get him involved. Yeah. Because yeah. otherwise, what's that bird doing? Right, exactly. Because he doesn't have the full dialogue as, you know, he had in the animated movie. Right. So, like, how can we incorporate him to still make him, you know, one of the main right. side characters? And they do. They give him, like, he does that, you're mm-hmm. in trouble, mm-hmm. but he speaks like w- way more articulate. Right. But he's not full blown having dialogue conversations. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. You got to add the realism in. But right. Just a little bit, like even with Abu, like yes. that moment where Abu steals Jasmine's bracelet mm-hmm. and doesn't give it back, and Aladdin's got to like be like, "Bro, we right. listen, monkey. Yeah, we not that time. Right. We don't steal that time. Right." Uh, I thought they did a really good job of all of that. I did too. Um, all right. Last thing before we wrap it up. Again, uh, the last thing I wanted to mention that I really enjoyed. And again, we, we're saying a lot of stuff that are enjoyable about this movie. You know, it's it's by no means a perfect film. I think you would agree. Uh, specifically, The Arabian Nights just doesn't work as a sequence. Although I do appreciate that they change them from a street vendor to like, oh, it's a fisherman telling the kids. Right. I appreciate that. Right. And then the callback, you know, and kind of tying that into, oh, it's actually the genie telling his story. It's not a great song until the new part comes in because there's a new part where he's like, and the wind, like the nights are so cold and it's it's different. We'll listen to it offline. Okay. But there's a different beat to it. I'm like, oh, I like this part, but the rest of the song doesn't work. Yeah. And the stuff with, you know, Aladdin in the beginning and all that, like it works. The last thing I thought was really interesting is the way they defeat Jafar. Because it it makes... It's the same. Yes. Essentially. Spoiler alert. <laughs> but 
it makes Jafar look like not such a gigantic dumbass. Right. Because in the original, he wants to be an all-powerful genie, right? Right. And in this film, the way that they do it with Aladdin, and he's like, the genie created you. He's got more powerful than you'll ever have. Still do all that. But then Jafar's wish is I want to be the most powerful being on Earth. Right. And again, plays into the insecurity of being number two. I'll never be as powerful as the genie. And so, yeah, I mean, he really played up, played to his, yeah. It circled back to that. Yes. And it circled back to the previous conversation. It's like, okay, remember in Avengers Age of Ultron when they have the funny dinner scene and they're all trying to lift Thor's hammer? That's funny. Yes. But then when Vision lifts it at the end, not only was that a funny joke sequence, but it's foreshadowing. It pays off. Right. And they do the same, similar, not the same. And pays off in Endgame, spoiler. Where, and it does, oh boy, does it pay off. Um, but they do the same here where they're sitting in the tent and he's like, can you make me a prince? And Will Smith has this whole dialogue about there is a lot of gray area right. in those words, make me a prince. You need to be specific. And that's because he likes Aladdin. He doesn't like Jafar. He never clears it up with Jafar. So when Jafar says, I want to be the most powerful being in the world... Genie's like, there's a lot of gray area there, and that's what lets him make him into a genie mm-hmm. because he's playing in that gray area. Right. If Jafar was more specific, he might have won. And I love how they use that joke to pay it off at the end. I really yes. enjoyed it. Yeah. So I agree with that. So before we wrap up, do you have any anything that you want to promote? Anything on Instagram? Can people follow you on Instagram? On Twitter? Are you on the Twitter? Are you on the Facebook? You don't have, I don't know. You might not have anything. <laughs> I do have an Instagram. Okay. I have, um, you can follow Dash of Denver. There it's a food, drink, and events Instagram. There you go. We're out here in Denver, Colorado. I like it. Excellent. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank I you had for, a lot of fun. Thank you for being a part of this. Much appreciated. As we wrap up, I want to remind everybody one more time that you can get free episodes of the Popcorn Diet for free. Just by hitting that subscribe button, take a few seconds, hit that subscribe button, give us a rating, give us a give us a, a review, share us with your friends, with your family. Don't forget to check us out on Patreon by going to patreon.com slash the popcorn diet. Consider giving money towards the podcast. Not only is it going to help us improve, but it's going to give you patron-only access to things like ad-free episodes and other franchise refills episodes as well. We don't want you to forget that you can follow us on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, at The Popcorn Diet. And then, of course, last but certainly not least, you can find all of our latest regular episodes, articles, reviews, and more on our website, popcorndietpodcast.com. But for Lindsay Friend, thank you so much once more. Thank you. We'll do it again sometime. Yes. For sure. I'll let you pick the movie. Okay. I am your very best good movie buddy, Rick Williamson, and we'll see you next time with another good movie on the Popcorn Diet. Adios.